You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Listen, there's so much information out there when it comes to health and nutrition and exercise. Obviously, you know, we're, we're in the information age. There's a lot out there to pull from and to experiment with. But one of the things that I'm seeing and I've been seeing for many years is that the experts tend to overcomplicate things, all right? We as people tend to overcomplicate things in our own lives. You know, it's kind of a, a natural human tendency in a way, you know, especially if something is so simple. As far as us having a great result, we tend to find a way to, to muck it up a little bit, to, to, to overcomplicate and make things harder than they really need to be. And that's why today's episode, I really want to drill down and talk about some of the fundamental things that we all need to be implementing in order to have the health and the fitness that we truly want. Because some of these things are going to be a recap. And that's important because there's a statement that knowledge is power, right? You've heard this before right? Knowledge is power, but I do not believe that in the slightest, all right? Knowledge is potential power, right? Knowledge applied, that's power. So with this recap, and some of these things are hard-hitting, very important, very valuable, clinically proven to work to get us the health and the body that we truly want, but are you doing them, all right? And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to drill down on what those things are and talk about some strategies to start implementing those things like yesterday, all right? And before we even get into that, I want you to, to think about what your goals are, right? We've talked about goal setting and goal achievement on the show before and the data to back up the process of goal setting in and of itself, even writing down a goal and how you get an increase in about 30% in your uh, potential of accomplishing that goal simply by writing the goal down, right? And we'll put that in the show notes. That was the episode we did with Michael Hyatt, which was fire, right? Michael Hyatt is like that guy. He's like the, the, the granddad that everybody wants, all right? I'm sure he gives great Christmas presents, by the way. And he's got five daughters, five daughters. Right? And he's got his grandkids, but he's just doing things at such a high level right now and just a great human being and really driven to get better. Even where he's at in the age bracket, like every day he's waking up trying to find a way for him to get better. And he has this youthful zest about him which you hear in that episode. And so again, if you happen to miss it, I'll put that in the show notes for you. But I want you to get clear on what your goals are, all right? We're, we're still just scratching the surface on this year, all right? We've got some months ahead. Your goals that you set at the beginning of the year, it's not too late. As a matter of fact, the best time to start was yesterday, all right? Second best time is now. And so getting some more momentum to, to fuel that. And that's what we're gonna get to today. But here's the thing, how can you achieve your goals if you don't have any. Simple, that's basic stuff. You've got to know what you want. You know, you're going to be able to elicit certain factors of the human psyche to accomplish your goal if you get clear on what it is. And that takes in a level of honesty, right? A lot of times we don't set a goal or state a goal because we feel that in some way that we're, we're getting outside of our comfort zone right? Or that we're going to be bumping up against what we believe to be possible for us or what other people believe is possible for us. And we have to really address that because there's so much potential in you. There's so many things that you can accomplish, but you have to be honest about what you want. Not what somebody else says you should have, but be honest about what you want. All right. 
I don't really like the word realistic too much, you know, but you do need to bring a, a level of realism to it. It's just like, you know, if you've got 50 pounds to lose, you're like, well, I want to lose 50 pounds in two months, Sean. Like, that's my goal. <laughs> we could do, we, we cut off an arm, maybe. Cut off, a, cut off a leg or maybe some pinky toes, whatever. I don't know, something we start adding up. But that's not feasible, all right? But 10 pounds? Absolutely. We want to make sure that we're not getting into this biggest loser mindset, though, because that'll set you up for failure. Listen, I've had the opportunity to... Um, to be in the rooms with a lot of these people, you know, and even talking about with con contestants who've been on the show and the producer very upfront at the beginning, letting them know and asking this question, these participants, do you want to get healthy or do you want to win? Right? Because these are two different things when we're talking about this, this kind of public display of losing all of this, this crazy amount of weight in such a small amount of time and a little, uh, unknown fact for a lot of folks is that around 80 plus percent, 80 to 85 percent of the contestants go on to gain that weight back. And oftentimes, and then some, right? And these are the stories, of course, they're not going to put that out, right? You're not going to hear about those stories. And there's many well-intentioned people behind this, you know, behind this particular show, but some, you know, it's for the glitz and glamour. It's not real life, right? Real life, this takes some consistency. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes making this a part of who you are so that it's sustainable, but the work doesn't have to be brutal. The work doesn't have to be something that you detest. It can actually be something that you fall in love with. And that's why we're gonna be talking about this particular topic today of really taking control of your health and fitness and really mastering this by implementing small changes consistently. All right, so that's what we're gonna be diving into. But first of all, I want you to think about what is your goal for your own health and fitness? No matter what level you're at, if it is the 50 pounds or if it, it's just like 2% body fat, like you're like, Sean, I'm pretty swell right now. You know, I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. But there's another level I want to get to. You know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate where I'm at, but I'm not content. And I like that. You know, I like that, that way of being because we do need to bring a level of appreciation to it. You know, even if, you're, if you feel like you're so far from your goal, your body is the most amazing thing that's on this planet, right? This is your, this is your place that you live in. This is housing your spirit, right? Your body has been there for you through thick and thin. It's the only thing that you can truly call your own. All right. All your stuff, one day somebody else will own it. All right. It's kind of messed up, but one day somebody else is going to live in your house. Somebody else is going to live in your apartment. All right. Somebody else is going to be, you know, driving your car potentially. All right. But the reality is the one thing that we have that we can call our own is our bodies. And so to have a level of appreciation for all the good that it's done for us, to, to be here, to, to, to smile, to laugh, to enjoy life, to cry, to experience, you know, it's just such a great gift. And we want to work with our body, right? Do these great things we're going to be talking about today so that our body can continue to give good back to us, right? So do good by our body so it can be doing good by us. And so one of the things that me personally, I'm looking at what can we do to really optimize our health on both ends of the spectrum when we are starting our day and also ending our day. And one of the things that I've been talking a lot about the last couple of years in that kind of evening ritual, because a great morning, having great energy through the morning starts the night before, right, with getting great sleep. And when people would come into my clinic, I mean, every day, folks would be like, Sean, what can I take for more energy? Sean, what can I take to improve my sleep? What can I take? And they're seeing me like this allopathic person, like I'm going to give a pill for every ill kind of thing. 
But that's far down the line. Before we get into medication, before we get into supplementation, let's do the stuff with our lifestyle first. And then even that, when we're adding in certain things that are, again, clinically proven to work without crazy side effects, let's start at the, the upper echelon of things that have been used for a very long time that have potentially sometimes thousands of years of documented history, right? Not something that was created like last week, all right, with the ambient, okay? So when people aren't out ambient tweeting or whatever, all right? Now, so for me, what I'm going to be utilizing, what I love to have to kind of cap off my night and man, it's just, it's so good on so many different levels is Rishi. All right, Rishi. And this is particularly great to have in the evening as a wind down, you know, kind of tea that I make with the Rishi. And here's why. This was a study published in the journal Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior. So this is a, a journal that's looking at the function of a lot of drugs. But they're like, wait a minute. This very, very safe, no side effects uh, resulting herb that's been used for thousands of years in Chinese medicine, wait a minute, it's doing some stuff. So the journal Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior found that the renowned medicinal mushroom Rishi was able to, number one, significantly decrease sleep latency. So that means you fall asleep faster by utilizing Rishi. Number two, it increased overall sleep time. That's good. And also increased non-REM deep, so this is deep delta wave sleep, and light sleep as well. All right, so you're actually getting more efficient sleep cycles. What more could you ask for? That is amazing. That's amazing. All from this one medicinal mushroom. So for me, Rishi, the quality means everything. If you want to get these kind of results, you need to make sure you're getting it from the right place. Because in the study, you're not hearing, was this an alcohol extraction? Where this is going to be something to do with the terpene compounds, you know, the more hormonal related things. Or was this a hot water extract where we're dealing more with the beta-glucans, antioxidant activity? We don't know. Right? We don't know. So how about we get both? How about we get a dual extraction and the company that's doing that and their tasty little teas, their mushroom coffees, their, their, their uh, lattes. Have you had the latte yet? Oh, my goodness. The, the chai latte, is, it's the real deal. But the Rishi specifically is the elixir that I use before bed. And so the dual extraction, number one. Number two, organic so you're not getting a hot cup of pesticides. That'll put you right to bed in a negative way, all right? And they're also making this very easy, convenient. I just got back off the road last night. I just got back in town and I bring my little packets with me. I got my little instant pack of Rishi, my instant pack of Lion's Mane coffee or whatever the case might be that I'm utilizing while I'm on the road. This is super important because it helps to keep your immune system strong. Rishi, for example, has been found to increase your NK cells activity over 300%. So that's your natural killer cells. So these are cells that seek out and find pathogens and develop weapons against pathogens in your body. All right. So these kind of, in a strange way, help to train your immune system. All right. So this is why several medicinal mushrooms have been found to uh, fortify the immune system when folks are going through things like chemotherapy, where their immune system is just getting demolished, but helping to rebuild that and rebuild that activity, you know, uh, like maitake and shiitake, for example. So there's lots of data coming out about that. So bottom line is, if you're not utilizing Four Sigmatic, you are truly, truly missing out. So make sure to head over there right now, foursigmatic.com forward slash model. All right. And of course, this is in the show notes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can just go down to the show notes, push the little, you know, the little swipey up and the link will be right there for you. 
or you can just pause this, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. Guess what? You get 15% off all of their medicinal mushroom elixirs, the mushroom coffees, the mushroom hot chocolates, everything. All right, 15% off. So head over there and hook yourself up. And on that note, let's get to the iTunes review of the week. Another five-star review titled, Thank You by C. Felder. I have been overweight for some years now. When I found your podcast, I went back to episode one and listened to every episode. So yesterday, when I was told that I have breast cancer, after the shock of it, I thought about your podcast. I knew I'd listened to more than one episode about cancer when it was the furthest from my mind. You can't imagine how much hope you give me. I know that I can turn this around and win my weight loss battle once and for all. Thank you, Sean, for caring about me and everyone else who needs the information you provide. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing a little bit of your story. That is just beyond powerful. And we are all sending you right at this very moment so much good energy and well wishes through this process. And I'm very grateful to be a resource for you. And absolutely, you know, this is just the beginning. There's going to be something very good and beautiful that comes from this difficult situation. And, you know, as mentioned, everybody, there are several episodes that we've done talking about the business of cancer, what what it is just to pull back the veil so that we can eliminate some of the fear. And what are some, cl- like so many clinically proven tactics that we can utilize to stack conditions in our favor so we can come out on the other side of it with our health and well-being. All right, so this is a very... Uh, just powerful and touching story, and I'm just so grateful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, on that note, let's go ahead and get to our topic of the day. So today we're talking about just really diving in and getting back to basics, taking control of our health and our fitness, and utilizing the things that actually work. But here's the issue, and why we tend to have problems with this is when we talk about taking control of our health and fitness, what we really need to do is talk about how did you lose control in the first place? That's where we need to start so we don't fall back into those same patterns because chances are you were never given a chance when you were growing up to decide whether or not you were going to be in an environment that supports your health, right? Chances are you weren't given that option. It's just the environment that you're in and you become what you're around. You know, that there's a statement everybody's heard before that humans are a product of their environment, but to up-level that a little bit, we're also creators of our environment. But if we're not aware of that, we're just going to continue to fall into those same patterns. So I don't know about you, if you might have grown up in the 80s, maybe some 70s, even the 90s is spilled over. But if you grew up in the 80s, food lifestyle in the 80s, this was the, this was the dawn of the Pop-Tart, all right? This is when things change. This is the, this is the opening scene of... The, the, the fast food revolution, all right? This is really where things just took it to a whole different level where we see skyrocketing rates of diabetes and obesity really starting to, we saw a steady buildup, but things took a big jump in the 80s. Microwave dinners, okay? This is, I, I grew up with that. The Salisbury steak? I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're in a mushy steak, hey, that's, that was me. I, I didn't like the regular steak. I thought Salisbury steak was how steak was supposed to be, mush, mush where I could chew this with no teeth, all right? With, with or without teeth, you can eat this steak. But this is the things that we grew up with. You know, we'd go and Hungry Man Dinner, we grab something out of the, the freezer. You know, we had the little Totino's pizza, right? The little ones with the little cubes of pepperoni. It's so annoying. 
Just give us a whole pepper. Anyways, they were doing their thing. Tombstone. What about Tombstone? All right, I just thought about this. Literally, they're calling it Tombstone. How ironic is that? It's poetry right there. But I sure ate it. Thankfully, I'm still here. So just think about this, you know, having this access and just being a part of the world around you. And that's what you grow up in. That's what you come to believe that this is just food, you know. And for me, as a child, if I can eat it and it tastes good, it's food. Whether or not it's something highly processed and damaging to my health or maybe uh, whether or not it's something healthful and health giving, you know, so we have to have that insight first. So I want you to think a little bit about that, about your childhood and kind of how you grew up in the environment around you. Because again, if we're going to talk about taking control, we need to look at where do we lose control in the first place. All right. So I know for myself, my days started with a bowl of cereal, right? Most days started with the bowl of cereal, whether it was the Smurf cereal whether it was the Mr. T, uh, that was when I lived with my grandma because she had a little bit more money, all right? When I was with my mom, we had the off-brand stuff. So we didn't have Captain Crunch. We had like Lieutenant Crunch or Lieutenant Crunchy or something, all right? So that's what we were eating, all right? And we had the, the wick, right? We were getting things, you know, like government-funded meals. You know, we had the, the milk and the cheese. Sometimes we get the skim milk. Oh, my. <sighs> Let me tell you. It's like, what's the point? You know, just you might as well literally just pour water on your cereal, right? Why would you do that to yourself? And so come to find out that eating cereal turns out not to be a good idea, all right? We're starting our day by just bombarding ourselves with a huge, huge amount of sugar, highly processed sugar, artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, things that are now being linked to issues with the brain, uh, excitotoxins, right? These things that can excite your brain to the point that you're like killing brain cells to start your day, right? And you see the picture on the commercial. It's not just the cereal, but you get the orange juice and then you get the toast with it. Oh, really? You know, you might as well just kick your metabolism right in the gonads, seriously, because at that point, we're setting ourselves up for a whole world of trouble. And so again, having this as a programming, still to this day, if I think about Lieutenant Crunchy, I get a little... Little salvatory gland action, like, you know, that sounds pretty good. Some crunch berries, you know, throw that right in there. And so it's just waking up and realizing, wow, this stuff is deeply ingrained into who we are. But here's the thing that nerve pathway is still there in my brain. But what supersedes that is the nerve pathways that I can consciously build myself that kind of, in a way, go around that, right? So, it fires so much stronger and so much deeper because I'm laying down more myelin and I'm ignoring that other thing that I used to do so long that it starts to wither away, all right? But that takes time. You can't just be like, I'm done with Mountain Dew, all right? You're gonna get the Mountain Dew jitters. I promise you, when you stop drinking the Dew, it's gonna hurt you, all right? See, that was a poet and didn't know I just hit another rhyme. I was rhyming here earlier on accident uh, with my guys in the studio. So here's the thing. It's a process that we're going to talk about in breaking down those connections and building new ones. All right. So we're going to get to that in just a moment. So I want you to think about this. I just want this to roll around in your mental Rolodex. And how did this happen in the first place? Another thing is, who do we look up to? Who, who are our heroes in society? Even if your family isn't like on that and they're trying to get you to eat broccoli or whatever. If you see Michael Jordan down in the Gatorade, right? High fructose corn syrup, right? You see him down in that and he's telling you Wheaties are the breakfast of champions. Guess what you're going to do, right? You're going to be right on that. Like I want to be like Mike, right? 
or the other Mike, Michael Jackson with the Pepsi, right? Either way, the people that we look up to in our culture, you know, our quote heroes, when they're doing those things, even if they're actually not doing those things a lot of times, because the truth is, you better believe Michael Jordan was on something else, all right? Actually, his trainer, well, that, I'm not even going to get into that, but he's, he's disclosed some secrets about, you know, he, he was very well-oiled uh, machine in a way, in the way that he was eating, all right? So just keep that in mind, but it gets out to us, this propaganda, and it makes us more connected to them, you know? It makes us more attracted. So think about those things, like what in your life, who did you look up to that maybe, maybe had an influence on some behaviors that you might not think that they're the best for you right now? Maybe it's drinking, right? Maybe it's smoking, whatever the case might be. Where did you pick that up, right? A lot of times it's, it's our environment, it's also who we look up to, you know, that influences us. And today, really, it's more of the same. You know, the faces have changed, but the game remains the same, all right? The game is to be sold, not to be told, I guess. I don't, I don't know if that applies here, but the reality is, you know, our, our superstars, and we have so much more influence and interaction. It's at a whole different level of influence with what the people that we look up to and see as heroes in, in our society, the influence that they're having on children specifically, right? So again, growing up in that culture of like, this is what we do. But fortunately, there's this whole different reality that's taking place where parents are becoming more conscious about creating a, a healthful environment for their kids to grow up in, right? And this conscious parenting movement is really ushering in, like there's two totally different realities going on right now. And what we're doing here, and even with the Model Health Show, is, is working to bridge these two together, all right, so that we can all have access to this information, so we can all have access to this empowerment and to be able to take control of our health because nobody is waking up like, you know what, I want to feel terrible today. Right? No, they're not waking up like, I want to feel so uncomfortable in my own skin. I want to wake up each morning and be in pain. Nobody's doing that, all right? Many of us are not aware that we have these options. Right? We think that if we're going to get healthy, we need to beat ourselves to the ground in the gym, we need to eat a lot of salad, and that's the end of the story. Right? But the reality is far from that. But if you don't have the access to the information, that's another part. It doesn't matter if you are, are wanting to take control of your health if you don't have access to the right information. Right? So we need both. We need both. We need that insight aspect and that decision to take control, and we also need the information to be able to put that in play. All right, so that's what we are working to meld together here on the show. So speaking of which, so we're getting back in talking about how did we lose control in the first place. Let's talk about what's going on in the brain. All right, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to reiterate it here. When we're talking about taking control, we're talking about a habit change when it's really, we're looking at the fundamental principle of that. And your decisions on what you eat and how to get active got programmed into you at an early age. Again, so for a lot of families being active, just isn't something that they have as a culture. It's just not a culture in the household. And history tends to repeat itself in successive generations, all right? And so for my family and my children that are growing up under my roof, being active is what they do. This is what they do. This, they're not aware that this is not an option, right? This is just something we do. We go to the track together. I take them into the garage and we... We work out together. We go for walks together. We eat together. You know, this is a part of their culture of being active, right? I didn't have that as a culture. We did have sports. You know, I went to go out and play sports. And so fortunately I had that thread. 
But for a lot of us, if that, if we're missing even that piece or after the sporty days are over, then what, then what do you have left? Right. If that's your thing that has been keeping you active until you graduate high school. Right. And so what are we doing? What are we working against when we're wanting to make this habit change an actual part of who we are? Listen, I I really want you to understand this. It's literally changing your brain. When you're creating a new habit, creating a new way of life, it's changing the physical structure of your brain. This is not a small thing. If you want to change the outer appearance of your body, you have to change what's going on in your brain first. To change your, your, your physical body, you have to change your mental body first. So changing your brain physically is what's going to allow you to change your physical body. All right, that's where it really happens. And so there's four levels that we go through in creating this automatic relay of information in our brain where we are addicted to something or where we have the habit of doing a certain thing that's positive for ourselves. So breaking that old mental pathway of cereal, all right, the cereal for breakfast, we have to create a new pathway. And it it takes going through these specific steps. All right, so we're going to start with this. So level one is something called an unconscious incompetence. All right, that's where we start, unconscious incompetence. This is where you don't know that there's another way and you don't know that you don't know, all right? So I hope that makes sense. You don't know what you don't know. So unconscious incompetence. So you're not aware that all food is not created equal. You're not aware that this broccoli or this wild caught salmon is going to impact my body very differently than this half dozen donuts, right? That's an unconscious incompetence. You have no idea that it matters. And that's where a lot of us exist when we're kids. Like we just don't know. And so, but we move from there and we go to a conscious incompetence. This is where we start to wake up and realize, wait a minute, these things aren't the same. Like I'm aware that I'm having a very different impact on my body with lack of movement versus when I'm moving. Or I I become aware that When I eat these particular foods, it has this impact on my body versus these particular foods. So I'm aware of it, but I'm incompetent as to what to do about it, or I'm incompetent as to which things are going to be the very best for me. All right. So that's a conscious incompetence. And it's important to have that stage where you realize like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Right. You you realize that this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. And I want to do something about it. All right. So from, but from there, This is where we move. So we go from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence. Now we move to a conscious competence. This is where we know what to do and we consciously have to put effort into doing it. This is where the habit process begins to take and and build legs. All right. So this is where we realize, okay, so we have this particular exercise program. This is where we have to think about doing it and we have to go through the sometimes tough process of creating this as our reality, all right? So different experts will say different things, 21 days to create a new habit, 100 days, 365 days. Bottom line is, we don't know, all right? And what I feel in my practice and what I've seen is that it just depends. It depends on the person. It depends on the level of motivation. It depends on the level of consistency. There's so many factors that go into it, but you can change your brain to change your body, all right? You can change your brain to change your life. And this I know for certain, was being aware of these processes. So the conscious competence, we'll just give it a 21-day example. The first seven days, easy. You're like, I'm changing my life. I'm juicing. You, you juicing, dancing, got music on. Mm, 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 mm. 
juicing, got your green juice, going to the gym, you're doing yoga, you never did a downward dog, now you're downward dogging, all right? Life is totally different, totally different, right? Then day eight hits. This is where your brain, who's it's been hardwired doing this other process, this is where you get into the discomfort zone, right? First, you got the new energy, then you move into the discomfort zone. Like, wait a minute, this is not what we're used to, all right? That was fun for a minute, but now it's getting serious, all right? And so your brain is literally, in a strange way, competing against your new activity, okay? So you need to be aware of this. This is where stuff starts to come up, right? Maybe you got a rough night of sleep. You know, maybe you unconsciously manufactured an argument with somebody that throws you off and you don't go to the gym or you go and get you a comfort piece of cake, a comfort cake, a double C, the other double C, not Chanel. All right, comfort cake, you do that. Or something happens with your car or, you know, you miss an appointment, something happens and you use that as either an excuse or use it as fuel. You get the option. All right, my wife, <laughs> we've been talking about this. Um, Shalene Johnson was on the show recently. Absolutely amazing episode. So, so powerful. You got to check it out. I had no idea how much it would impact my life and the, just in my household. All right, I'll put that in the show notes. It's talking about the connection between our environment, like physical environment and clutter and how it impacts weight loss, how it impacts food choice. It's crazy. And the science behind it just mind-blowing, all right? But another thing that Shalene talked about recently is the culture of being late, all right? How do you avoid being late? If you've been a habitual late person, and she broke it down, she's got two fire episodes, and I'll put that in the show notes for you, on how it impacts other people, but it's not her. These are people like calling in, and it will hit your spirit. If you're, if you're a ten person who tends to be late, you're gonna be like, I never, you know, like I never heard this before. But so my wife, she tends to, like, her goal is to be, on, to be on time, right? And when she said that to me, I'm like, automatically, you're, you're losing, all right? Because you want to be early to be on time, all right? It's a different culture. So just yesterday, and she's been doing this recently, you know, because of the Shalene episode. And, like, so she's trying to be early. She's trying to pick me up from the airport. And she came extra early. She came 30 minutes early before my flight was supposed to land. And, and my flight got delayed. So it's the universe saying, because she had to sit there for an hour, right? Somebody who just wants to get there on time so they're not waiting. Just imagine the turmoil, right? I'm like, babe, this is just the universe. It's giving you an opportunity to grow some muscle here. Right, you got to embrace and see this as a benefit in some kind of way, you know? So she worked through it. She, uh, I think she, she, she had some stuff to do on her phone. And as far as I know, she's still going to be on the early train. I don't know. But the bottom line is this, and I'm just giving you one example of something coming up that's going to test your metal. All right, because you're saying you want this thing, but your brain is used to doing this other thing. So this whole concept of something called self-sabotage is going to rear its face. And opportunities are going to come up. You're going to start unconsciously looking for opportunities to get back to doing what you were doing. You got to be aware of this, right? And see, it's like, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is trying to do. This is trying to throw me off my game. And even if you get thrown off your game, you get right back on it, right? So I want to give you an example. My son, Jordan, who just... Uh, travel with me. And, you know, I was taking him out to some football camps on the West Coast. And he went to the first football camp and he came out like coaches coming up to him. You know, he's in high school. He's going into his senior year, just like really kind of like inquiring about him. Like, you know, who is this kid? Because, you know, he's coming from an even another state to this camp. And 
He, everything was going good. He's just looking kind of stand out. And he had a sprained ankle because of competing before he left about three days earlier. And I, I thought it was a slight sprain, you know, because, you know, he's, he's a guy. So he'd be like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm good, Dad. And he wasn't good. All right. So this sprain got re-agitated. And so he's out there like visibly limping. But he'd go hard on the plays because they were doing one-on-one drills. And he's a defensive back. And so he was looking outstanding. But sometimes, you know, things would happen with that ankle and the person would get by him. And as the plays went on, as they did more and more of these, it got worse and worse. And he just kind of lost a step. And the coach even afterwards was just like, you know, you started off so great and then you just declined. But Jordan wouldn't say, you know, it's because of this injury. He didn't want to use an excuse, which... You know, sometimes it's justified, but even still, he's just in his mind state of taking responsibility. You know, he put himself in that position and now he's dealing with it. So here's the thing. He went through that. You get back up, right? You reassess, you fight, you adapt, you get back in the game. It's really that simple. Stuff's going to happen. He wanted to be able to impress these coaches. It didn't turn out that way. Things were stacked against him, but guess what he's going to do? He's going to be smarter. He's going to learn the lesson because what he should have done is communicated to me that he was not well to compete at this high level and to, to focus on his recovery so he can actually get to the important thing, which is having a good season. It actually has a little bit higher of a rung of value than this other thing. You know, so again, you fall off, you do the self-sabotage, stuff happens, you get back up, you learn from your experience, you move on. That's how you change your brain, all right? You get back up. So many of us, we fall and we stay falling, all right? We fall... We fall off the wagon. It's, this, the thing is, you can fall off the wagon. But if I come back by on the wagon a week later and you're still on the ground, that's a problem, all right? And seriously, like, get up, right? You're like in the way of the road. Other people are trying to get by. So listen, you go from this unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence to conscious competence and to the ultimate stage, which is an unconscious competence. All right, this is where you're doing the thing that you want to do and you don't even think about it. It's become a part of who you are. That's the ultimate, right? So today when I got back, I've been on the road, right? Sleeping in different places, different cities. I get back today, I'm like, I got to go to the, I got I to gotta get to the, to the gym. My body desires it. All right, so much so, I even told my team, like, we'll start a little later today. I got to get to the gym. Right? My body, I just needed it. It's my brain is wired up. It's craving that. It's crazy as it sounds. I know some people are like, I never crave a gym. Okay. But there are certain things that you do crave. All right. And we're going to tap into those today. So now looking at how we lost control is the key and right? understanding that our environment helped to shape this stuff, but we can change it. But you have to have these two things. So there are two ways to change and rewire your brain to embrace this new behavior, new way of being. Number one is an emotionally charged event. That's number one. That's the number one. And by the way, this is no particular order. But an emotionally charged event can help to really lay down more myelin, really create like a strong firing of that synaptic connection to this new behavior, right? Maybe it's like uh, uh, something tragic happens in the family with, with somebody's health, right? And you're just like, we're done. We're never, we were done. We're done with this whole lifestyle, this stuff that helped to create the situation, you know, whether it's like somebody smoking, whatever the case might be, we're done. We're not gonna go through this again, right? Or maybe it's a situation where somebody is just fed up 
they are done. They are done struggling with their weight. They're done feeling uncomfortable. They're done not being a model for their kids in their household, for their family, and they want to be the example, right? They're just done. I'm done. It happens, right? Very emotionally charged, but maybe there's something that triggers that, right? Maybe it has to do with a significant other, maybe something with kids, but an emotionally charged event. This is why I think live events are so powerful too, because getting in that environment, it can be very emotionally charged, just atmosphere, period, for these breakthroughs to happen. And being in that presence of a different environment in of itself can help to create change. So that's that's one way, but the true number one way, all right, so there's two ways, but this one should should actually be ranked higher because this is more likely to be the way that this happens is repetition, right? It said that repetition is the mother of all skill, all right? Repetition is the key. Repeating these things, you're laying down more and more myelin, right? It's not practice makes perfect, it's practice makes permanent. So the things you're doing continuously over and over again, your brain is going to, uh, brain, brain cells that fire together, wire together, all right? So if you're doing these things over and over and over again, your body, your mind is going to come to crave it, all right? So those are the keys. So we're talking about taking control. It starts with these insights, all right? So now let's talk about some of the tangible things and look at what we're doing for our actual plan, all right? So we're going to go through three things in these three critical areas. So we're going to start with nutrition. These are the things that I want you to do. And I don't care if you know about it, are you doing it? You need to do this daily. And it's so simple, but you will get so much bang for your buck by doing this. So number one, number one action step as far as your nutrition to take control of your health from here on out. Number one action step is to eat two or more servings of green vegetables per day. This is not a random number. I'm not just throwing this out there. Is this like, it sounds like a good idea. Nutritional epidemiologist Martha Claire Morris and her team at Chicago's Rush University Medical Center found that people who ate two servings of green vegetables each day experienced fewer memory problems and cognitive decline compared with people who rarely ate green vegetables. In fact, they estimate that the veggie lovers who ate at around two servings a day had brains that were roughly 11 years younger than those who consumed fewer greens. Listen, all of this stuff that we're talking about, this, the whole process starts in your brain. 11 years younger. You keep your brain 11 years younger by having two servings of vegetables a day, right? So eat your veggies. It's that, it's that simple, right? It's that simple. So which ones are we talking about? Let's go a little bit deeper. A study published in the Journal of the National Cancer Institute tracked 142,605 men and 335,873 women for an average of nearly nine years. That's a lot of people. A lot of people they're tracking. What they discovered was that eating more vegetables was associated with a statistically significant reduction in cancer risk. The data translates into a 4% lower risk of cancer for every two servings of vegetables a person eats each day. All right. Every two servings that you eat reduces your risk of cancer by 4%, all right? So if you eat four servings, you get 8% reduced risk. Now, which ones? We talked about this recently on our, uh, these five clinically proven ways to uh, d- defend our body against cancer. So I'll put that in the show notes. But cruciferous vegetables specifically, and this is because of indole 3 carbonyl and sulforaphane have been found most frequently and examined for the anti-cancer effects. Both have been found to inhibit the development of cancer in several organs, including the bladder, breast, colon, liver, lung, 
and stomach. Eat your veggies, all right? Specifically, the cruciferous family. Bok choy, arugula, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, kale. Kale. Kale's hot. Right? Kale's step on the scene like it's top five right now in the, in the vegetable game. Right? You got your top five rappers. You got your top five veggies. Who's on your list? Kale is there for sure with everybody. All right. Collards as well. Collard greens. So keep this in mind. Two servings a day. That's your, that's your bare minimum. All right. Best way to do this. Make sure you get it. Do it in the morning. Get in with breakfast. Change that whole paradigm with the cereal. Okay. I remember I had a friend and this dude, he was just weird. All right. He was like, people, everybody thought he was so cool. I just thought he was weird, but he's my friend. Right. You know, and what do you, he introduced some things into my life. One of the things he tried to convert me on was the fact that, you know, cause you had the bowl of cereal and then like, you know, you, you pour the milk over the cereal, but some people don't like the cereal to get soggy. So he, he thought he invented the idea of pouring the milk in the bowl first and pouring the cereal on top. I think that's psychotic. All right. Who, why would you do that? All right. Uh, no disrespect. If that's what your thing, that's how you do the cereal. But, you know, doing the cereal thing for breakfast, we got to turn that whole thing upside down. All right. It's just not worth it. All right. So we can look at maybe doing a, a vegetable omelet or, you know, you're adding whatever you're having, you know, you, whatever your protein is with some sauteed spinach and some avocado. Right. Getting in some veggies in the morning and change because it's another meal. But we've come to believe that breakfast is dessert, really. Right? This is the time for the pancakes and the waffles and all that. Not saying you can't have that. Absolutely. Like, that's still in the mix. Everything is an option. Right? But this is a great strategy to start to retrain our brain and retrain, retrain our thinking. Right? So, with that said, another big key here is the micronutrients. And it helps to elicit leptin, which is your body's satiety hormone. So, helping to regulate what's going on in your brain as far as you having a drive to want to eat more sugar, right? By getting those green veggies in, we can start to dissuade that pattern, right? Another thing, very dense in fiber, right? Another thing that helps with the cancer prevention. And by the way, so again, 11 years younger brain, 4% reduction in your cancer risk for every two servings. Hey, let's not just do the bare minimum. You know, let's, let's, let's do greatness. Let's go ahead and shoot for four servings a day. All right, four plus servings. It's not that difficult to do, especially if you make the veggies taste good. Why would you not do that? Why would you suffer through trying to like scarf down some uncooked Brussels sprouts? All right, why would you do that to yourself? And no disrespect, if you are eating the Brussels sprouts raw right out the garden, popping them like candy, I, I got to respect that. All right, you've got, you've got some muscle. you got some internal muscle that is... It, that is uh, admirable to say the least. All right. But for a lot of us making it taste good, you know, cooking it with some great fats and some seasoning. And, you know, for some folks, maybe they throw a little bacon in there. All right. Or whatever the case might be, do something to make it taste good, because that's really the key to you feeling uh, a joyous experience of eating vegetables instead of something that you have to do. All right. Another way to sneak it in is with the, you know, if you're doing the, the green smoothie thing, but focus on the green, all right? Green smoothie for a reason, not a sugar bomb, all right? And speaking of these micronutrients, absolutely, we must get in these two to four servings each day, but really taking things to another level to ensuring we're meeting all of our micronutrient bases 
I believe every single human being needs to be on a green superfood blend. It's essential today. Absolutely. We're not living in times where we, we've, we're exposed to an extremely high amount of stress, pollution. Your body's just not running the same. We need to get these bases covered. You're not getting it through those synthetic one-a-day whatever so-called multivitamins. That's the, you're, we have no data indicating that these synthetic nutrients are impacting our body in the way that we want, right? Just because it chemically looks the same doesn't mean it functions the same in nature. For example, magnesium, if you look at the, you know, the Mendelus table of elements, that's measuring the ash. That's measuring when it's burnt, right? Active, alive magnesium in real food, it might do something different, right? So just keep that in mind, keep that in context. And so utilizing something that's super dense in, in magnesium, for example, moringa, spirulina, Moringa is one of the things that's found in Organifi if we're looking at getting these nutrient bases covered. Seven times more vitamin C than oranges, seven times more potassium than bananas, four times the amount of calcium as milk, four times the amount of vitamin A or beta carotene than carrots, 25 times the amount of iron and spinach. We've got moringa, we've got spirulina, we've got chlorella. Come on now. It's so micronutrient dense from real whole food sources that people have been utilizing for thousands of years. That's what we want to go for. And it tastes good. It's got the mint vibe to it. We've got the ashwagandha. It's good. All right. This is something, I, even when I was on the plane with my son, we're, we got our go, Organifi Go Packs. Tear that bad boy open, pour it into the bottle of water, shake it up. We're winning. We're on the plane winning. All right. People looking at them like, what? I want to be like you guys. All right. <laughs> real, real story though. You know, just being able to have access to something like this today is super valuable. This is something I always travel with. I bring my GoPacks with me at the house and make sure my little guy, my youngest son, gets his Organifi in as well. This is the real way. It's cold process to retain the nutrient density that you actually are looking, looking for. So make sure that you're utilizing Organifi. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. You get 20% off, 20% off the green juice blend, the red juice blend, the gold juice. Don't get me started on the gold, all right? But the green juice blend is absolutely essential when we're talking about these micronutrients. All right, so make sure you're utilizing Organifi. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash model. Get 20% off. That's it, guys. So that's number one here with these three tips for nutrition is getting these green vegetables in. Number two, eat fat. Eat fat. This is a key to you taking back control of your health from here on out. Eat more fat. Why is this still something that we're talking about? It's because we still have an issue with semantics. We still have an issue with the way that the word fat connects to us psychologically. We still feel, I know there's a part of you in your spirit. It's like eating fat makes fat. Eating fat turns into fat on my body because they're the same thing, but they're not the same thing. Biochemically, they can't be any more different, they're not the same thing. Fat in food does not directly translate to fat on your body. They should be called two different things because that's like protein equals fat on your body or carbs equal fat on your body. It's none of those. It's how your body metabolizes things and the calorie intake, the calorie density of those things and how many you consume. The calories do matter, but the quality of those calories matter a lot as well, all right? So we don't make that clear. So. When eating fat, what, why does this translate over to us taking back control of our health? So I've got my friend, Dr. Mark Hyman's book here, who we had him on the show and we talked about his book, Eat Fat, Get Thin. Check this out. National Institutes of Health, 
found that in a metabolic ward, so this is where they actually got people inside a building, all right? They are there trapped in a way, all right? So they got a metabolic ward where every ounce of food and every movement and every calorie burned are carefully measured. Those who ate more fat calories compared to an identical number of calories from carbs burned more than 100 additional calories a day. Over a year, by the way, that 100 calories, that amounts to a 10-pound weight loss. And it also reported in this study of brain imaging and function that they were tracking that eating more fat shuts off the hunger and craving centers of the brain. Wow. I mean, that's just layered with proof in how important this is just even for body composition. Another one. So this is a weight loss study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association in 2007. And this was a 12-month study of 311 overweight, non-diabetic, postmenopausal women. Hands down, the high-fat group in the study did better in every way. They lost twice as much weight and every cardiovascular risk factor improved. Cholesterol profile shifted from bad to good with lower triglycerides, higher HDL, and lower total cholesterol to HDL ratio. And that is actually the best predictor of heart attacks. It's that ratio, okay? It's right there in black and white. We need fats to be thin. It's not necessarily, again, the goal is not necessarily to be thin. For some of us, it is, right? And this is the way to do it. For everybody, it's different. It does not mean a high-fat diet, right? You have to find the right ratio for you as far as these macronutrients. But bottom line is, you need to get plenty of these healthy fats in your body because of the role that they play with your metabolism and also your cells in your brain themselves. Your brain is mostly fat. You become deficient in these high-quality fats that your brain really needs, from the omega-3s to, uh, to saturated fat. You know, your brain actually has a nice percentage of it is actually saturated fat. We still don't know yet what being deficient in those fats can do. But we do know we've seen skyrocketing rates of Alzheimer's and dementia. Right? So there's a big movement to make sure that folks uh, that we're getting in and being proactive to prevent those things by getting in plenty of healthy fats for your brain to function at its optimal level. Your cell membranes that hold your cells together, that in, your cell membranes allow, it's kind of like the brain of the cell in a way. All right? The nucleus, you can actually remove, it's a process called enucleation. You could take the nucleus out of the cell, the cell will still do its processes. If you take the brain out of you, you die. Right? So, Believing that the nucleus is the brain of the cell, this is what I was taught in biology class. It's not exactly accurate because the cell membrane actually does a lot of communication, right? There's a lot going on there with the cell membrane itself. And so that cell membrane needs fat. We need high quality fats to support the membranes of all of our cells, all right? So not to say the nucleus isn't important, by the way, it's super important, all right? That's where the genetic information is kept, you know, but it's not to say that there isn't more to the story. Yeah, so I want you to keep that in mind, all right? So, eat fat. Which fats? High-quality fats, all right? I'm not talking about Crisco, all right? That's another thing my friend I talked about earlier, he introduced me to this uh, spicy chicken sandwich that they cook in this, oh my goodness, I don't even know what it was, what kind of oil that was, but it tasted good. He got me onto that, but avoid the Crisco, all right? The so-called vegetable oil. It's not vegetables. By the way, it's not broccoli oil. It's not Brussels sprouts oil, all right? This is some highly processed, industrialized, like canola and soy and corn oils, very high in these omega-6 pro-inflammatory, brain-damaging fatty acids, all right? We need, we need some omega-6s, but in a natural state from something like, 
you know, real vegetables like avocado. You're going to get some omega-6s. You're also going to get some omega-3s. Great for your brain. Great for your metabolism. So avocados, coconuts, nuts and seeds, uh, olives, olive oil. Right? This is so many studies on the benefits of olive oil, coconut oil. All right, so there's a lot to choose from. All right, so keep that in mind. And also, if you're on an omnivorous approach, you know, fatty cuts of meat, you know, um, fatty fish, right? Like salmon, I mentioned earlier, we're making sure we're getting wild caught rather than farmed salmon. All right, so, so many different options, all right, as far as these healthy fats. And there's even a place for supplementation in many aspects, you know, but the bottom line is we need to eat more healthy, natural fats. All right, that's really the key. I love olives, by the way. I, I didn't think I liked them. You know, until I really got some good olives, right? The Greek olives, Kalamata. So good. But before, it was like my mom had like a jar of those olives that just sat in the refrigerator forever. All right? I think one of them was like on something and I bit it and I was like, yep, I'll never have that again. And so, but Faye would have it now. Definitely enjoy olives. Great source of fat. This is like a, it's in like spiritual textbooks, right? Talking about olives and the olive tree. All right? So not the olive garden though. That's different. Breadsticks. So make sure that you're getting some high quality healthy fats. All right, we're moving on to number three here on our list of these three essential things to do to take control of your health and fitness it, regarding our nutrition specifically. All right, this is one of the key three areas we need to hit. But simple things. You don't have to turn your world upside down to utilize this, but I want to make sure that you're taking advantage. Now listen to this. This really fascinating study, this was in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, found that drinking 500 milliliters of water, which is about 17 ounces, increases your metabolic rate by 30%. 30% from drinking water. Water is super important for your metabolism, for your organs, for your brain. When I said earlier about your brain being mostly fat, there's a lot of water involved as well. We could essentially say it's mostly fat and water, right? And your, your, your hormones, your neurotransmitters, they're all communicating with each other, especially your, your neurotransmitters, on a water superhighway throughout your body. Like if you're deficient in this key nutrient, this key substance to you being a healthy, sovereign human being, all of those processes start to shut down gradually, right? This is how important it is. And this is something that you are so fortunate. If you're listening to this show, chances are you're in a part of the world where you have access to clean water. And it's such a gift. But many of us, we're, we're just kind of blind to it. We don't even see the value. Like we're more likely to like, you know, we're driving by, seeing fountains, people watering their lawns, rather than understand the importance of us drinking it, right? We're very, oh, by the way, when I was driving in LA and only in LA, you know, there was this water spout, like you would see on the side of a house, hanging in thin air. And there was a water coming down from the spout, right? So like a spigot, like you turn the handles and water's coming down. I'm assuming there was a pole where the water was pouring out of, holding it up, but it was a total mind freak, right? I thought, I, I thought that I had time warped, you know, like it was so crazy. My son is the one who actually saw it first, so we were driving. And we went, we drove past, it's a one-way street. I don't recommend this, okay? What I'm about to say, okay? This is, but there was nobody else there. He was like, dad, you gotta go, dad, you gotta go back. And I was like, are you, is it, is it, is it really worth it? And he was like, yes. And it was worth it, 
Right? I, I, I hit reverse, backed up, and I saw that spigot hanging in thin air. But again, it's like, are we utilizing this? Or are we just taking it for granted? So make sure you're drinking high quality water. Check out the masterclass. We'll put that in the show notes on proper water and hydration. Because if you're not, you're missing out on literally the main substance you really need as far as like intake. This is the number one thing is water. And the, the ratio that we generally give is half your body weight in ounces is your goal. So if you're somebody who weighs 200 pounds, you need around 100 ounces of water for to, to help run all these metabolic processes, to get rid of metabo metabolic waste products from your system, right? To hydrate your organs, your tissues, your skin, your synovial fluid, your disc in between the vertebrae and your spine. They're non-vascular, so they don't even have direct blood flow and hydration. So if you're deficient in, in water, your disc are gonna be the first thing to, to get the hit, all right? And they're the last thing to get hydrated. Uh, right. So a lot of people don't realize like you can lose like half an inch in your height just as the day goes on, as the disc is getting compressed, your body's getting dehydrated. So make sure you're getting that water in. All right. Really simple stuff. So those are your three keys as far as nutrition. So now we're going to shift gears and we're going to get into the movement. All right. So movement. Here's three things. We, it was super simple with nutrition. You can do that. Tell me you can do it. I know you can do it. You know you can do it. And so you're going to do it. All right. You got this. So moving on. Three things with our movement, number one, get your steps in. I've never, like, so many people are rocking the, the, the trackers, right? Whether it's a Fitbit or whatever, what, what have you, all right? On the wrist, tracking those steps. I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool. I would love to see us in a place where we don't need to self-quantify because we're just living an active life. But we're gamifying this bad boy in a way. Like, we like games. As humans, like, we, we like games, okay? Especially games that we can win. All right, so there's uh, some numbers that are out there, like 10,000 steps a day. That's the that's the mark, right? That's the that's the bar we're trying to hit. Is at 10,000 steps, right? Research is indicating might be a little bit more, maybe 15,000 for this kind of optimal level of health. Again, research is still new. It's talking about specifically how many steps, but check this out. According to a study published in the Journal of the Public Library of Science Medicine. Walking for 11 minutes a day is enough to extend your lifespan by two years. Research also, meanwhile, Australia's University of Sydney shows swapping one hour of sitting for one hour of walking can slash your risk of early death by 14%, which could mean for the average person, nine additional years of life. I'm just gonna, you're welcome. I'm just going to say it. Right, you're welcome. Nine extra years. Come on. So these are the minimums, right? 11 minutes. You got that 11 minutes. You got that. You can do this is your net time, right? You can do this while listening to your podcast, uh, taking the kids for just parking farther away, right? That's something I started doing because you know how it is. Like you want to get the close parking spot. You're trying to get there, right? But it can be a fight, especially on this Whole Foods parking lot. I think there's like some comedy bits about that. It's it's a jungle out there, man. Right? They're trying to get that or they're trying to get that organic mango. Right? It's ruthless. So park further further away. You know, get those steps in. Get that 11 minutes, 11 minutes to extend your lifespan by two years, according to the data. Huge studies. All right. Or swapping out an hour, getting an hour in. That's nine additional years, baby. Get your steps in. 
All right, walking is magic. All right, the human body of everything that we can potentially do, that we know we are designed to do, is walk. Of everything. Squatting with 500 pounds on the bar, we can do it. It's awesome. You could build a nice, the squat booty, yes. But is that what we're designed? We're designed to walk. Your genes expect you to walk. And if you're not walking, we're, we're talking about, this is an epigenetic trigger. That's why we're talking about extending life so much. If you're not walking, you're not turning on genetic programs for your well-being, for anti-cancer programs. And by the way, earlier when we talked about the nutrition in regards to um, having these anti-cancer properties, when we're talking about taking control of our health, we're talking about having our, our level of fitness where we want it to be, your body could care less about you having a six-pack if it's trying to fight diabetes, if it's trying to fight cancer. All right, there's a hierarchy there. We got to get our priorities together. All right, we want to be healthy so we can have, the body is a side effect of doing things good for ourselves that again, our genes expect us to do like walking. So that's number one, all right? That's number one, get your steps in, no matter what. All right? I gave you the numbers, all right? Let's do this. Number two, with movement, build muscle. Build muscle. How many times do we have to talk about this? Probably more, but that's okay, because I love this stuff. But bottom line is this, mus your muscle tissue Here's a crazy thing. If you look at the data, you see folks that do strength training, resistance training as they get older. They tend to have uh, faster recovery, less injuries, right? So, and why is this? They recover faster when things happen because muscle itself is like a reservoir for anti-aging hormones. It's like a container that holds these backup things to help when things go down. Muscle is so valuable. Muscle is your body's fat-burning machinery. It's very expensive for your body to carry muscle. It's telling, when you're building muscle, it's telling your, your, your physiology that times are good, right? Things are good. We can take some time and put this onto our frame to enable us to build, to grow stronger, to move things, right? We're in control. We're empowered. And so my question to you is, are you taking advantage of this? You know the data. You know how valuable it is to have muscle on your frame. Puts you in this tremendous metabolic advantage. Right? You're just burning more calories than the person next to you if you have some muscle on your frame. Just sit in there watching Friends. Right? You watch Friends reruns? The, the Seinfeld ones, though. Right? Eternal. Right? Whether you're doing that, you're watching the, the scandal, whatever you're into. If you're sitting with somebody who doesn't strength train, you're burning more calories just simply by doing nothing because you have more muscle in your frame. It's more metabolically active. It requires a lot of energy to maintain it. All right. So we're doing ourselves a disadvantage if we're not building some muscle. Does this mean you need to hit the gym every day? Absolutely not. Even one to two days a week of some strength training can do your body good, extend your lifespan and put you in this place metabolically where you're able to have the body composition that you desire and deserve, right? But you need to build some muscle. We've gotten over the stigma. We're not talking about this anymore. And, you know, this thing where when I started in this field, this is over a decade and a half ago, easily, maybe 17 years now, 18 years. But working to let women know that if they lift these weights, they're not going to get big and bulky, all right? It's just not, that's not how it works, all right? 
First of all, this is related to hormone function, all right? Not having all of those anabolic hormones to really build up and get swole in the first place. Second of all, you don't get bigger by lifting weights. You get bigger by eating food, all right? You need food to put on size. And a lot of guys, they're trying hard. They're working hard to get swole, all right? They're taking weight gainer 5,000 shakes, all right? Like Cartman from uh, South Park. He's like, it's mad cheesy poof. Right? He's like, it's all about him. He's trying to get swole, swoller, right? But again, so a lot of guys are trying to do this stuff and it's difficult because you got to bring in a lot of energy to help build that size. All right? So I want you to just, we're going to drop this forever. All right? And there are so many examples and there are many women listening right now who've embraced the barbell, right? Who've embraced the body weight exercises to truly have the physique that they desire and deserve. They're finding that they, ha- they can work out less by building muscle, all right? So we're gonna drop the stigma and all of us are gonna take advantage of this at least one to two days a week. Promise me, prom- cross your heart, right? Right now, that you're gonna get some, get some strength training in there. All right, that's the minimum, one to two days a week. All right, final thing. Number three in these movements, all right? These movement tings, all right? Number three is to do something you love. This is the ultimate, baby. This is the ultimate. Do something you love. I love this quote. Listen to this. This is from Jerry Gillies. He says, the more you love what you are doing, the more successful it will be for you. All right. The more you love what you are doing, the more successful it will be for you. Tapping into that love, finding something you love to do is going to bring about more success. If we want success in our health and our fitness, we need to start including some things that we enjoy. Give ourselves permission to do those things. If you like to roller skate, guess what, baby? That's active. You got little wheels on your feet rolling around, you're being active, all right? Might not be everybody's cup of tea, but if you got the crazy legs and that's your thing, do it, all right? Give yourself permission. Start going roller skating every week, all right? Don't do this whenever it's like a family get-together, whatever. Do something you love. If you love basketball, if that's the thing that you enjoy doing, Call your friends. Do some texts like, hey, we're going to get together. Let's start getting together. Get the dads together. All right? It doesn't have to be dads, by the way. All right? I know some, some female b-ball players that will straight dunk on you. All right? That will, that will put it on a fella. All right? Cross you up. Break lay ankles. Okay? So you can get the, get the girls together, get the co-ed, whatever. All right? Everybody get together. We're going to hoop on Sundays or whatever the case might be. Do something you love. You gotta implement this. This is what's going to keep you moving and healthy long-term. Tennis, swimming. If you love lifting weights, guess what? You're winning, all right? Finding that love, okay? Find something that you love, do that, all right? Do that. If you love hiking, give yourself permission to do the thing you love. That's how you're really gonna be healthy and fit long-term. Despite anybody else, what anybody says about, you know, the science of this and that, you know, the running, the lifting weights, whatever, you must implement something that you love to really keep that internal fire. And that's what's going to build that momentum, that unstoppable momentum for you to be fit and healthy for a lifetime. All right, so that's the, that's the second pillar. We got three pillars. The final pillar here with taking control of our health. We hit the nutrition. We talked about the essentials. We know. We know the steps. We know the amount, right? We know the servings of vegetables to hit. We know. All right, so now third thing. The third thing, and this again, people would come into my clinic all the time and they're like, what can I take? All right, what can I take for sleep? There is no supplement. There is no exercise. There is no hack. 
that will give you more energy than a great night of sleep. There is nothing, all right? This is where your body actually generates its own energy. All of these metabolic processes are taking place to rebuild you and bring you back. It's an anabolic process. Sleeping is the most anabolic state humans can be in. This is the building up of, right? Anabolism. Catabolism is the breaking down. It's, it's catabolic just being awake. We need that other part so we can grow and get better. Here's what we're talking about. So by the way, when I say we're taking control and, and getting sleep, there's a difference between getting great sleep and being lazy, all right? But we need to acknowledge the fact we do need to get great sleep, despite what anybody's saying. All right, sleep is for suckers. Guess what? I'm a lollipop. All right, sleep is for suckers. I'll be a tootsie pop, whatever, because I'm, I'm, I feel amazing and I'm going to be able to accomplish my goals. I'm going to be able to help and serve more people. And I'm going to be making sure that my mental capacity is at an optimal level, right? My body composition, all of these different things are being influenced. My immune system, one of the first things that takes a hit when you're sleep deprived is your immune system. We've done masterclass episodes talking about the various impacts on sleep for your body. So we're not going to do that here. I'll put a couple in the show notes for you if you happen to miss. Specifically, we'll talk, I'll put in the episode just talking about how your sleep quality impacts your body composition. Fat loss. Pretty attractive stuff. All right, put that in there. But here's the bottom line. Here's the three things we need to do to optimize our sleep. Number one is having a better relationship with our tech devices. All right, we're living in a totally different time now. All right, and it's having a big impact on our health and well-being. And so the big thing, and this is more, this isn't the low-hanging fruit on this one. This is a little bit of a discomfort zone, but we gotta do this because I know you know this, but are you doing it? Because now, today, tonight, we need to start doing this and putting this in play, all right? Harvard University researchers have confirmed that blue light exposure from our devices, from our televisions, laptops, smartphones, tablets, is sending data to your brain, that blue light exposure, sending data to your brain, telling your brain effectively that it's daytime and causes our brain to produce more cortisol at night, all right? Cortisol is this glorified stress hormone, but it's also kind of like the antithesis to melatonin, right? If cortisol is elevated, it has a tendency to suppress melatonin, all right? Melatonin is this glorified sleep hormone and really is about regulating your circadian timing, making sure your sleep cycle is efficient. You can sleep for eight hours and still wake up feeling like a dirty construction helmet left on the side of the road, all right? I just popped in my head. I saw one when we were out driving with my son. My son saw it, he pointed to it. He's like, I hope they're okay. I don't know what happened here, but I hope they're okay. You don't want to wake up feeling like that, all right? Like you've been just hit by a truck or whatever, all right? So keep this in mind that it's about the sleep quality, just like with calories, right? It's not just the calories count. It's also the quality of those calories, not just the minutes you're sleeping. It's the quality of those minutes, all right? So to optimize that, we want to be aware of this impact that blue light has on our brains. And it just, it is what it is. We have not evolved beyond that. Will we? I don't know. Evolution takes time. All right. Unless you're an X-Man, you know, if you're listening to this, Wolverine, what's up? Could get a new movie. I'll be waiting. All right. But bottom line for most of us, evolution takes time. Okay. And so we don't want to be a victim here and wait for more data to come out and talking about how this is impacting us. So what the researchers disclosed was essentially that every hour you're on your device at night, it suppresses melatonin for 30 minutes. Okay. Every hour you're on your device, melatonin is suppressed for 30 minutes. So even if you go to sleep, after watching three hours of whatever show, right after bed, melatonin is not even being produced, all right, or produced optimally. And so you're sleeping, but you're not going through your sleep cycles correctly. 
Again, this is the small things that make a huge difference. So what do we do? Give yourself a curfew, just a 30-minute screen curfew. Just start there. 30 minutes before you go to bed, like you plan on going to bed at 11, right? You're going to bed at 11, get off your device at 10.30, all right? Give yourself a little bit of time for your brain to relax from all the cortisol hit because it is. It's turning cortisol on. Your brain doesn't know the difference with this light and daylight in some aspects. It's sending messages to your brain. It's turning your circadian timing system all upside down, all right? And that's not good for any of us. And so that's number one, but here's the key. We've talked about this many times. You've got to implement something here. So again, this is about implementation today, taking control. That 30 minutes, you can't just sit there and do nothing for 30 minutes. Like, okay, I'm going to go to bed at 11, 1030. I got my, you can put an alarm, put an alarm on your phone for it. And you just sit there and twiddle your thumbs. You got the Mountain Dew jitters. You got the internet jitters. You're going to be tweaking. All right. If your phone's even close by you, you're going to be like, I'll just check one post real quick. I got these cheeseburgers. Check this post real quick. Let me just check Twitter real quick. Just one tweet. Next thing you know, you get sucked in, right? It's, they're designed for that. Again, we've done whole shows talking about this stuff. I'll put one in the show notes. Got a lot of good stuff for the show notes today. And so uh, specifically with Dr. Robert Lustig, we talked about dopamine and the, how the devices affect dopamine. It's, it's dope. I mean, that just happened. All right, so here's the thing. What are we going to do? 30-minute curfew, you have to do something of greater or equal value. Something of greater or equal value to being on Instagram. Hopefully, you know, if you're in a relationship, maybe you could talk to them. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if you like them more than Facebook. If not, that's a whole different problem. That's a whole, like, it's a Dr. Phil episode, all right? Cash me outside, all right? So keep this in mind. Talk to somebody, right? Instead of the friends on Facebook, talk to your real friends. Right, your, your significant other, your kids, hang out, play some games. Audiobooks are great. Podcasts. You don't have to stare at a screen to listen to a podcast. Great time. Nice thing to get some good wind down. Maybe you can listen to like something different, like a story, right? Some of these kind of storyline podcasts or audiobooks, things like that. So many great things we could do. If you have that significant other, this might be, this might be sexy time as well. Right? Again, I'm just going to throw this out. Hopefully, that's more entertaining than Facebook. All right? Hopefully. But that might not be your story. I don't know. You're probably doing it wrong, but hopefully it is. All right. So, and by the way, chapter nine of Sleep Smarter, international best-selling book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, the Spanish translation is coming. Okay. Now we've got, I think, we're getting close to 20, if not 20 different languages, all right, different countries that is translated in Spanish is coming. Chapter nine in Sleep Smarter. By the way, of course, you can get it anywhere in the U.S. Uh, Amazon, Bars and Noble, all that good stuff. Chapter nine is talking about the benefits that sex has on your sleep, all right? And also the benefits that sleep has on your sex life, right? We're talking about this really fascinating clinical data. So that's number one, guys. Number one, have a screen curfew and or use some of these hacks for your desktop laptop. You've got Flux, which pulls out the most troublesome spectrum of light from your screen. We don't know the data yet or how effective it is. The anecdotal data is absurd and how people are sleeping better, feeling better through the day when they're utilizing these apps for the computer screen to pull out some of that very strong blue and white light that's causing the most disruption and release of cortisol. All right, so Flux, F.L.U.X. Download it, go to Dr. Google, type it in, a couple clicks, it's on your screen, set it and forget it. It does that at night, it'll put, it'll kind of warm up your screen, 
I've been using that for maybe six years now. I love it. All right, it's just on all my devices. So we got that. We've got on Apple products, so the iPads, iPhones. There's a tool built into it called Night Shift. It does the same thing. Uh, for Androids, you can go to the App Store, grab Twilight is one of them. There's a bunch of them now. It does the same thing. Or for the, like, the ambient, if you really want to get geeked out, like go full geek into it, you can get the blue light blocking glasses. For that, you can go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash classes, and you can see the ones that I use because I've been through so many of them, all right? I started off years ago, you know, this is maybe six, seven years ago with these big hardware store glasses, right? Just these orange hard, because I saw some of the data, I was like, I'm doing it because that's the kind of guy that I am, you know? So I'm walking around with these big construction glasses. I could easily fit like two other pairs of glasses under these glasses, and my wife still talked to me. Looking back, like, why did she even think I was attractive at this point, you know? But the, the technology's gotten better, and also it's so cool to see. So, f- so first of all, again, these frames are really, really cool, but you could see the blue light bouncing right off of it. It's nuts. When you look at these frames and you just see there's just blue on the top of it that's not penetrating in through. So eliminates or blocks out around 99.8% of the blue light. All right, so head over there. You can check that out. So that's the modelhealthshow.com forward slash glasses. So that's number one. Number two, and this kind of drives and puts things together in these strategies. Number two, for improving our sleep quality, we've got to make sure that we're doing this piece. Clinically, I call this a cortisol reset. All right, so we talked about some of the issues with cortisol. We want to make sure we have a natural cortisol rhythm going. This means cortisol is elevated in the morning and it gradually drops through the day. Some people clinically, we call them tired and wired where the cortisol is too low in the morning and too high at night. So to reset this, here's the deal. Appalachian State University study found that people who exercise in the morning tend to have more efficient sleep cycles, tend to spend more time in the deepest, most anabolic stages of sleep where you are producing the most human growth hormone. They also found they tend to sleep longer and they also tend to have a 25% greater drop in blood pressure at night on average, which that indicates a deactivation of your sympathetic fight or flight nervous system by exercising in the morning, baby. Let's do this, okay? Five minutes, that's it. Five minute minimum. If you do hit the gym or do your whole workout, that's fine. That's even better, all right? But five minutes, it's all you need to take advantage of this cortisol reset, okay? So that's number two on the tips here. Number three, final one for these three different legs of our strategy to take control of our health and fitness. Number three, create a sleep sanctuary, right? You want to make sure that your bedroom is a place of peace, of serenity, because your brain is always creating these neural associations, these habits, these patterns. And so if your room is the entertainment hub of the house, you know, and you have a choice, your brain, even if you plan on like, I'm going to go in here right now to go to sleep, but this is where you watch TV or this is where you're sitting in bed doing work, parts of your brain are going to be firing for that pattern. And this can cause issues with your sleep, with you falling asleep and or your sleep cycle, right? Because your brain, again, it's always looking for patterns and hardwiring things. So get the tech out of your room, create a sleep sanctuary, all right? Somewhere that you create this neuroassociation that my room is for sleeping and doing the do, okay? You can still, that's, you know, that's, that's fine, all right? Because that is the parlay into sleep for some aspects. Okay, so please be aware that we want to have that neuroassociation. By the way, speaking of that, Italian study on couples found that couples who have a television in their room have 50% less sex. All right, so I'm just going to throw that out there. I know somebody probably paused this already to get the TV out. Welcome back. Hey, right, welcome back. 
you 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 are welcome. All right. So getting that out of your room because it, number one, it influences your sleep quality and also it's a distraction. Okay. So get the TV out of your room. Get the tech stuff. Don't have this be a Best Buy. Are they still in business? I don't even know. Okay. The other one's gone. We, we, who shall remain nameless. All right. Um, so anyway, so here's the thing. With that sleep sanctuary, also get it dark. Cornell University researchers took a test subject and put them in an otherwise dark room to track how much even a tiny amount of light can influence their sleep. And so what they did was they had them in a dark room, but they put uh, a light the size of a quarter behind their knee. And that was enough to influence their sleep cycle. That was enough to change what their body was doing with their sleep. So because your skin has photoreceptors and that's sending information to your brain like, hey, I don't know, is this daytime, some kind of, is the sun coming up? I don't know. A tiny amount of light. So get some, get some blackout curtains, especially if you live in an area where you've got, you know, um, LEDs outside, porch light, neighbor's light, street lights, whatever, cars coming up and down the street. It's a good idea. If you live in a more, you know, rural area or you don't have that as an issue, it's not that important, okay? You know, moonlight, stars, that's not the issue. The lux is very, very, the, you know, the luminance is very low. And humans have evolved with that. It's the other stuff, the artificial light, what re researchers are now dubbing light pollution. All right, so create a sleep sanctuary. All right, I want you to do this today, okay? Get this done. These are the three things for this, all right? So we broke this down into three subsets that everybody can do. We can all do this because I want you to take control of your health. I want you to ensure, to stack conditions in your favor that you're going to have the health that you deserve, the body that you deserve. You're gonna have the life that you deserve. It really starts from you being able to take control of this amazing gift that you have access to, all right? Your body is how you're gonna be able to make those deals. It's how you're gonna be able to progress in your building your business or in your relationships. It's all gonna be done through your body. We gotta take care of this, all right? It's so important and we can because Believe it or not, contrary to what the experts say, this stuff is not complicated. It's simple. Let's go through them. Recap real quick. Number one, three things for the nutrition. Two to four servings of greens a day, minimum, easy. Two, eat healthy fats every day. Two to four servings, minimum. Number three, drink water. Be water, my friends. It's Bruce Lee. It's my little Bruce Lee. Be water. So drink water. Half your body weight in ounces. For the movement leg, get your steps in. Number two, build muscle. Ah, get to the chopper. Build muscle, all right? But you don't, not like Arnold, okay? I'm not saying that necessarily, all right? Number three, do something you love. In sleep, one, eliminate that blue light, all right? Just you have a blue light curfew. Have a screen curfew and or using these hacks. So we can still engage with this stuff. Sometimes we're gonna stay up. We're gonna watch a, we're gonna watch Luke Cage, right? Throw those glasses on, or at least turn it off and get an, a, you know, thirty minutes before you go to bed. Okay. Number two, exercise in the morning, at least five minutes, cortisol reset. Number three, create a sleep sanctuary. There you have it, guys. That's it. This is what it's all about. It's not knowledge is power. It's potential power. Are you doing these things? Because if you're not, you're missing out on huge leverage points and you having the health and the well-being that you deserve. All right, so I want you to take control. And so if you got a lot of value out of this episode, please share this out with your friends and family. Share it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can send it in an email. There's a share feature on 
the app that you're listening to the show on. So share it up. Sharing is caring, all right? We're in this together, so let's make this happen. I appreciate you so much. We've got some incredible guests coming up. I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind, so make sure to be ready, all right? But today is about taking control. Implement these things on a daily basis so that you can win. All right, take care. Have an amazing day, and I'll talk to you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.